Now those from among our delegation who also carried such gifts bent to set them forward on the ground, and from each belt also swung a similar club carried with clear purpose, and the ten standing behind held clever, heavier clubs in their hands, and some from among this arguing people had seen these very clubs swung to some purpose so that with one thing and another our tent intent became clear. Let those who would learn from us as we have learned from you come to us in the spring. Let these be no more than thirty-five. This chant was begun by he who spoke first, continued by she who spoke second, and echoed by each who was there as each turned and left. Last of all, it was chanted by the tin, who now formed a standing wall between one people and the other, a very image of purposefulness, and we left, left this people to talk among themselves, left them too close to winter for any of their pur purposed arguments, left them a winter for discussion and many images to remember, left them with corn and squash, strips beaded in our own manner, strips beaded in theirs, all reminders of how much had been learned and how much might be offered, left them to remember that none of their women carried clubs, yet all of our women attached them to their belt, like some small needle case, left them to remember what this might imply, and our winter was calm and secure. Houses carefully built in the summer were proof against winter wind, and the wall of trees devoid of roots or branches planted in a row in this rootless way was complete around each community. The direction of any argument against our choice, choice of living place might be known and watched. Corn, beans, and squash had been gathered from many harvests and equally shared between those who chose the old way and a marshy home and those who chose a new way and a lake-edge place. Those from among our forest brethren whom we seek for warm robes and winter nourishment had been sung to and invited to help us in our new home. Much had been gathered for a long winter and for the difficult spring that might yet follow, for none knew how much time might remain between arguments with this northern people, and we might not be able to encourage any seed at all, and all purposed a continuing home at the southern edge of our beautiful lake. And the winter came, and the people were content, Many feasts were held and all the old songs sung to remind us of who we were, to remind us of the value of the many things we had learned, to remind us of the many difficulties met and resolved, to remind us of the value of continuance for such a people. And then the spring began. Now this happened next. Three communities strongly built each longhouse proof against any storm, each community surrounded by its standing wall, each community provided with a sure supply of both nourishment and water for many months, 
should there be little time for such things. The community closest to the neighboring people contained within its group the strongest of both male and female, three out of five such persons. One out of every five joined the second and third communities. All was ordered in such a way that the first and easternmost communities would be the first to withstand any purposed argument. Yet if that community did not survive, there was strength in the second and even in the third community to survive subsequent arguments should they occur. All was in readiness for just such an argument. Clubs carved for each individual, bows and arrows also, as well as spears, so that no tool for such an argument should it occur be lacking. All was in readiness also to greet as many as 35 learners and to instruct them in the ways of corn and beans and squash as well as any other thing they might seek to understand as soon as spring arrived. Watchers were sent out to mark the arrival of either such group. At the same time, the young went out to encourage seeds here and there in secluded places in the forest. At the second and third communities, regular fields were also planted, and the visitors arrived. More than 35 came, and none showed any interest in learning. Rather, they threw themselves against our forest wall and sought out high places from which to send arrow after arrow into our midst. They tracked every path also, seeking those who might wander away from our secure walls, but we were prepared secure against their usual attack. Reserving our own strength for a long future, for surely we purposed no further moves. At the first sight of these visiting others, word was sent out to our second and third communities. Their task was to be unapparent, to grow corn and beans and squash and to prepare for all possible tomorrows. So it was that that spring and autumn, spring, summer, and autumn passed. Our first community was constantly watched and frequently harassed, and many shouts predicting starvation echoed through the surrounding trees. Then, as the snows began, all but a few watchers left. These we captured one by one, inviting them in for a feast and sending them home with a full stomach and a wandering head, a one wandering head, each accompanied by three of our own people carrying gifts of corn and turkeys. Nor could they in any way deduce the origin of either at the same time. Many from the other communities arrived with heavy packs of everything good. The two communities providing a full year's provender for the third. And once more we spoke the same invitation. Your watchers seemed so curious, we began, that we invited them in to partake of our continuing bounty, some of which we bring to share with you. We know, someone went on, how to bring forth bounty out of little at all. And again, we invite perhaps as many as 35 and as few as one to join us for at least three winters so that you may also learn these bountiful ways. Now there followed several turnings of winter to summer to winter once more, and in each various things occurred. From time to time, some individual from this northern people would come to ask 
to learn, only to turn away from those tasks he considered women's work and to refuse, therefore, to learn. From time to time, some group, large or small, would come to harass our first community, guarding this entrance from any exit, thinking thereby to at last engender starvation. As each such group left, we called out to them, offering them gifts of corn or beans, deer or turkeys, in exchange for their great efforts in coming to visit us. Then a group came and howled for someone at last to come out and fight. We called back that five from among us who knew the skill would come out to fight five of their people so trained. Since this was so greatly their wish, we would oblige them in that way. At last, all was agreed, and at last, all was agreed. All but five of their group retiring to the forest, these five calling out for their opponents. And they came, five of our people suitably trained, provided also with club and lance, the tallest of their kind. Five such people came out from our wall of cut trees, came out and offered their willingness for combat, stood with club and lance in either hand, and viewed the amazed faces of this northern five, for each and every one from among us coming out from behind our cut tree wall, each and every one was a woman. Now the howling grew greater. Our formidable women strode forward offering combat, complaining greatly when the northern five refused to fight, for surely it was as we understood it. The division of tasks between those among this northern people who were men, those among this northern people who were women, was exact and invariable as it was not with us. Further, this concept of willing harm to others was as new to our men as to our women, neither finding it a natural human event. And as it was among our people to engender some understanding of the tasks of others, such tasks were often shared across usual divisions. So might a man learn the many skills usually left to women. And so might a woman learn the many skills usually left to men. These crossover people built bridges of understanding, wove threads of further connection back and forth throughout our people, so that neither those who were old, nor those who were young, persons who were male, nor persons who were female, need ever lack understanding of another circumstance. As it has been so among our people since time beyond time, so it was now. And this alone so disconcerted our northern neighbors that they hardly knew which foot to pick up and which to put down. Now our five formidable women charged the northern five. Again and again they charged, shouting angry words like this. You keep us from our sewing. We have meals to cook and must come out and oblige you. How can we tend our homes if we stay here arguing with you? And yet these northern men had as yet no answer for their amazement was great. Then our five women began turning, running at them saying, go home and leave us in peace. And when the northern five began calling for warriors, these five answered, we're here. Only beyond us will any of our men be found as they are busy elsewhere. 
and it would end when, at last in anger, these northern five struck out calling foolish women. Our foolish women defended themselves effectively and easily defeated these five confused warriors, calling out that the matter was settled, it was time to go home, and that these five men might stay to learn from our women, as our men had learned from theirs. Now a strange thing occurred, one and then the other of these five professed such amazement at the skill of our women with club and lance that they offered to agree to stay to learn from women such as these. And these two were our first learning others. I would tell you if it were so that this was the end of our vigorous discussions with our northern neighbors as to where we might live, but it was not so. From time to time, this one or that agreed to learn from us, and we willingly showed them many things. They worked with the women for our three sisters, corns and beans and squash. It was our thought that if this northern people learned to dance with our sacred sisters, their need for forest space would be less, and our argument equally less. But of those who came to learn from us, most stayed, increasing our strength and our numbers as they came to prefer our way. But the rest still resisted it and came to harass us from time to time, and perhaps never did learn to understand the magic of our endless corn and always turkeys. For during these long days and even longer nights of ceaseless discussion, when one and two of the people chose this way, as one and two did not, so did we also discuss the many possibilities of our relocation. From this we evolved agreement that that would assure to the best of our gathered wisdom the continuance of the children's children to the south of Beautiful Lake. And our agreements were these, that we would build and secure a community five days journey from this northern people that we would then build and secure a community three to four days journey west of that, that we would then build and secure a community three to four days journey west of that. As soon as the first two communities were complete, that next early winter would we announce our new place in the manner you've been told that we would offer gifts of provender crafted goods and learning that we would prepare for war, that we would use every device we could discover to prevent harm and discourage continuing hostilities, that if we failed in this, we would maintain our new place, whatever that might require. For all these reasons, those who refused to follow such a path decided to maintain their marshy home. And we honored them for this. Do you, we told them, keep the old and gentle ways while we essay the new. Then, when we have secured a place for the children's children along that southern shore, we will return and ask you to join us there. You will remind us of the old ways. We will show you the new. And perhaps the children's children may learn both so that both may be kept. So we said, and so it was intended, yet twenty winters and more disappeared in the back and forth of this strange argument, and a new generation stepped forward. At last it was agreed, after many winters of varying argument, that our place was assured, if often challenged, and a 
delegation was specified and sent at last to invite our brothers, our sisters, to join us in this lakeside place. And the delegation went south, paced out the many days travel to that marshy place, and found it at last, down the marshes, found the dwellings, found this and that implement, found even some preserved food, but found no people at all. Nowhere, no matter how careful the search, was any living being found, but evidence of sickness and death were found. And from that day to this, no one at all has ever learned of our brothers or sisters. We lost our gentle people. We lost our keepers of the peaceful way. Now when the delegation returned, their disconsolate pace spoke from a distance. And when all were sure of what the slow-paced group had learned, then the sorrowing was great. You see how it is, someone said, how the continuation of an ancient and wise way requires the continuation of at least some of the people. We have accepted responsibility for a new way and left responsibility for the old way with our brothers, our sisters who have disappeared. Now we hold in either hand, she concluded, responsibility for one way and the other. All saw how it was, how if the old way were to continue filled with gentleness and peace, some from among the people must be found to be responsible for it. For surely the stridents of defense often overrides the softer sounds of a gentler way. And yet, None saw any value at all of lo in losing awareness of either possibility. And so it was that this one and that stood forward, explaining their stronger feeling for the gentler way and accepting responsibility for it. These ones were respected and honored for their willingness to mark a differing path. Let us remember the wisdom of each, someone said. For surely the ancient way merits patient attention, and yet continuance has some value also, he went on, so that those who defend the people and find that vigorous stridence possible for them, these ones merit respect also, for surely they equally enable the keeping of an ancient way, let us have the wisdom, he concluded, to respect both ways, to value them, and to remember from time to time to consider which may be the appropriate path today. Let us be so wise. Let us respect each path. Let us choose the balance between them with a careful eye. So be it.